This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in. I'm very excited to have you here with us for this episode of the 343 Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Luis Martinez and Tony Navarro from Valencia in Spain. And I'm also joined by Joe Campos, who runs Eagle Claw FC in Seattle, Washington. Luis is the Academy Director for Valencia, one of the most productive and successful youth academies and first teams in the world. According to him, Valencia's Youth Academy was recently ranked top five when it comes to how many players are currently playing professional football around the world. And I've linked to that study in the write-up of this podcast. You can check that out when you are ready. Tony is the one that is responsible for managing Valencia's international programs, like the one that Valencia runs in Seattle with Joe's club, Eagle Claw FC. Joe has been on this podcast before. You might remember the episode titled, Here's What Happens When You Build Your Own Club and Disrupt Your Soccer Market. Well, that was Joe, and he was fed up with the way that American soccer works, and he wanted to offer something different and something better. The people he partnered with to do the disrupting are from Valencia, hence the conversation you are about to hear. The guys touch on a number of different topics in this interview. Specifically, how China is approaching youth soccer development and how it's much, much, much different than here in America. They provide their thoughts on the American soccer player and what they've seen during their trips to the United States. And they also talk about the purpose of their programs, the value that they provide, and why it's not just about brand building for Valencia. I provided a lot of of show notes, a lot more than usual. And you can find all of those in the write-up of this podcast that is available on 343coaching.com. I've also provided links to other related episodes of this podcast. For example, Colin from FC Malaga City. So Colin is a guy that runs a club in upstate New York, and they partnered with a a different club in Spain to offer something different for their players. I also linked to my recent interview with the Schalke Academy director, Matthias Schober. And I've also provided some links to my interviews with Tom Beyer, who works closely with schools in China. So all of those are related to some of the topics that we touch on in this episode. And of course, I've also linked to my interview with Joe from Eagle Claw FC. If you'd like to continue learning from 343, You can also find over 200 written articles and 200 other podcasts while you're on the website. If you're a coach, you can sign up for our free seven-week coaching course. It's a great primer for what I'm about to mention next, because if you are an ambitious coach, we also offer a premium coaching membership program designed specifically for coaches who are interested in learning how to effectively and efficiently develop better players and better teams. Using 343's proven possession-based methodology, Brian Kleiben has produced some of the best teams and players in this country. Players like Ulianes, Alex Mendez, Efra Alvarez, and Kobe Hernandez-Foster, who are all monster prospects for their national team programs. The premium membership program uses real training and game footage to show you exactly how these players were developed. Additional material, including ebooks, videos, audio lessons, can help you implement the same methods in your own training environment, no matter what level you are coaching. To learn more about that, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, that's it for the intro. Please, 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 please sit back and enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast. Thank you for listening. Okay, let's go. Um, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's start really quick with introductions. So, Tony and Luis, if you could introduce yourself separately and describe your role that you guys have with with Valencia and your role now expanding into the United States, what what is that all about? So, just quick introductions. Okay, I'm Tony Navarro. I'm the technical coordinator for soccer soccer programs. This means the all international academies we have around the world. 
And uh, in the past, uh, I was a coach for 10 years in the academy. And uh, I am Luis Martinez. I'm the director of the academy in Spain. Uh, I've been in this role for uh, almost one year. Um, before this, I've been, I was the responsible for the international uh, programs that we have around the world, as this one with Yetlo uh, in, in Seattle. Uh, so I was in the international department until January 1919, where I became the director of the academy. How many countries does Valencia have an international program in currently? Uh, we have uh, different soccer schools or different soccer academies and consultancy services at least 12 countries, uh, from China and Shanghai to Seattle. So you can imagine the different points we have uh, academies. So we have uh, one in Egypt, one different soccer schools in Greece, Cyprus, uh, Bulgaria, Italy, UK, in Japan as well, Tokyo, uh, Canada, United Canada, States, Montreal, United States, we have in Florida, Miami, and other one in New York, in Long Island, and um, Seattle. Are all of those academies and programs and, and different affiliations that you have in all of these nations and cities, are they all the same or is there different programs that you run in different areas? Uh, we have different programs in, in different parts of the world. So, uh, for example, in Shanghai, in China, we are, in, as you know, in, in China, the football is growing and the football or soccer is inside of the school or the high school. So we have a program with the government in Shanghai, in the Fulon region, to, to help the schools to improve the the football, the football players and football coaching. So we have at least in Shanghai two thousand players uh, with in our umbrella of uh, our methodology. So in Shanghai for example we have uh three teams, three LG teams from the different of the school we have there or the school we have there. So we are we are looking for the best players in, in Pudon area. I think it's important to say that, that we try to adapt the type of program we offer to the needs of the of the country or the needs of the program itself. Uh, there are some places where the program is more ready for a, for it demanding a high performance project, trying to implement almost the same methods or the same methodology that we are implementing here in Spain because in Valencia because uh, we find players with enough level to follow. But there are some other places where football level or the country is not ready for that. As, as Tony said, in Shanghai, for example, in China, it's more basics, uh, trying to introduce the football in the country, trying to introduce football in schools, or um, we have some other programs that are not academies itself, like Valencia Academies, academies where we are acting more as a methodology consultant. So we work sometimes with pro clubs, helping them to develop their own academy or to try to improve the level of the of the uh, of the academy they have. So we work inside their structures or inside inside their organizations to try to help them to grow uh, better players and better coaches. The program in China it sounds like you you mentioned that you're you're helping to kind of like lift their football up and to kind of just bring them a, a, a maybe a different type of football education. How does that compare to what is being offered? in the United States in your partnership with uh, with Joe's Club in Seattle? In China, as we said, uh, football is, is growing and football, and they're growing in the, sometimes you say, in the Chinese way. And football is becoming compulsory in most of the schools. So uh, they, are, they have a lack or they have a need on uh, good methods to follow because uh, now they want every kid in China to, to learn to how to play football. So, we want to work, we have to work into the regular schools. We have to be integrated into the regular uh, school curriculum and offering school programs after school programs, but more uh, ludic 
more uh, starting from the very basics because you have to be uh, adapted to everybody. Kids that they may have more uh, football knowledge, and kids that they may know they, they maybe they don't even know the rules. So they have to start from the very beginning. Uh, that's different that uh, programming each other. So we are talking about a program, a high performance pro, uh, program, a program where we find kids that they have a good football level and they are able or they are um, capable to follow a more structured and professionalized methodology. And this is what we are trying to do. We are trying to adapt our own methodology here to people like, like, like Tony, who is our technical coordinator, trying to adapt as much as possible our methodology to the context of the Seattle football. The important thing in Seattle was that we are in relationship with them in Eagle Club around four years. So we run a, a summer camp, uh, if I'm not wrong, in 2016. And the relationship with Eagle Club, we, we keep with them till... Uh, we create a, a one methodology consultancy. So in the first year, we we saw that they have an ear club, the players they have an ear club are really close than our methodology. So it's going to be easy to, to work with them because they are thinking like us. They are thinking that the most important thing is the player. And the most important thing is to develop players in the proper way. What was the most interesting part about this connection with Valencia to Joe and to, to the people in Seattle? Was it to get on the same page methodology-wise as Valencia, or was it something different? Well, for me, I think in the, what is interesting with the relationship with Eagle Pro and, and this story we are developing is that we found that since the beginning, people that uh, were uh, speaking more or less the same language as we were in terms of football as we were speaking. People interested in developing the players, people not always only focus on the results, more focus on developing players in the right way. And we saw something that we we like from partnership. It's not only about thinking about okay, I want the brand, I want to be linked with a Spanish brand because it's good for me. No, it's because there is something else. There is a a good project behind, it's a good professional bit, I think. Every time we went there at the beginning with camps, the players, the coaches, the local coaches were very happy with the Malaysian coaches that were going to Seattle. I think they, they saw that, that, that the connection is, is real, that it's important as well, that this is not something that, okay, we take a Spanish coach and we send him be there with a Valencia track suit. No, someone who really has the, the knowledge inside, the know-how, and is bringing more or less exactly what they are, what he's coaching during the rest of the year in Spain. But I think the important is this, is to find people who is uh, interested or is seeing the football developing in the same way as we are seeing. I'll jump in, John. I think um, on the, you know, what was compelling to me, uh, several things. Number one, uh, Valencia has a really rich history of, uh, developing players, and you can see those players professionally around the world at other clubs, and in La Liga, Ajax is another. Um, they have uh, a philosophical uh, bent, as it were, towards um, the real formation of the player. And for me, that was really, uh, had al- has always been um, really important. I think the other thing that's really compelling to me is um, Valencia's willingness to work directly and there's tremendous advantages when you can cut out the middleman and when you are i'm I'm big about this whether it's at our club level uh or at our you know partnership level how can we remove as many you know obstacles or impediments to um to the development of the player and in this case with valencia as you can see, our relationship is direct. That makes it really easy to transmit ideas back and forth, methodological um, you know, directions or improvements or suggestions. All of those things are very, very streamlined. And, and for me, that's huge. What does this do 
for players, specifically now um, American players. Now they have this direct education coming from Spain. They're able to now implement that that methodology here in the United States. But how does that ultimately help them? For me, there's a couple of different ways to look at that. I mean, I think if we're looking at the player and the quality of their soccer education, I think that has to be the starting point. Um, I think we are offering um, players here in Seattle the opportunity to get a higher quality soccer education, in my view, in in my opinion. You know, um, we're very outspoken at Eagle Claw about our possession-based style and positional play, um, and everything is infused. It's a very, very Spanish culture, um, and that's that's what we're offering. That is a benefit. Um, I think um, preparing the young players in this style, in this modern style, will benefit them in the longer run. They may not be the player that winds up entering the Academy of Valencia, or joining the first team at Valencia or any other team in Europe, but they will be a vastly better player in my view. That's, I think, one key advantage. I think the other advantage is, and I, I have, I hold this view. I think that for the benefit of American soccer in general, players need to be exposed to, in my view, more authentic football and cultures. And I think that will raise the level of the American play at the youth levels all the way to the national team. Tony and Tony and Luis, I have a, a question for you now. What What's your general reaction or, or feeling about the American soccer player at the, at the moment, especially the youth players that you're working with when you come over to a club like, like in Seattle with Joe, what's, what's your, what's your initial reaction when you see, you know, the typical American soccer player right now, how would you describe that player? We sometimes when you come from, uh, in Europe, in our case, it's true that we have been coming to the United States uh, every year more often, and then we, it's not a, a surprise for us, but I know that many European people, that when they come to the United States, they think that they're going to find players that they don't even know how to play football, because uh, in the United States, it's not that, and it's not, it's not, it's not the reality. The, the reality is that we found uh, quite talented players, technically speaking, and I think this is important because this is the first base. Here, when we start working with the small kids, first thing we have to be sure is that they are technically skillful. And then, when they are technically skillful, then we have to start uh, working on the tactics. And they have to be good individually, and tactical individually, and then collectively. And, uh, and the good thing is that the first thing is important thing is to have these kind of skills that we find that there are many skillful American players that are great to be trained. Another thing that is important, I think the American player and football player or any player in any sports, they are uh, players that they are very sacrificed, they work hard, they they, they have a, a sport culture that sometimes here in Europe we are losing a bit. They know that to get results they have to have a high effort, that they have to compromise, they have to work hard, and this is uh, something important. And the reality is if we see that American players are historically very good in football, in uh, basketball, in baseball, in American football, and other many sports, when they really train in the right way, they are always a, 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 a great team. So we are sure that training in the proper way in soccer is going to happen. It's going to happen the same because you have athletes. You have a lot of athletes, and when you train them, and if you have those athletes in the in soccer. And then uh, training the proper way, we are sure that this combination has to succeed. Can you maybe talk a little bit about where you feel American soccer is behind? Maybe is is it the American player? Is it coaching? Is is it something different? But from your from your perspective as an outsider that comes to visit, uh, you know, fairly regularly. What what is it one what is one thing or two things that American soccer is maybe missing or is behind in at this moment? Uh, well, talking about uh, in our projects, because I don't know all the reality of the American soccer players, but in your club, they are working well in, in individual behaviors, like tactics and collective behaviors. Uh, they are working well in technical as well. But we are missing some of the times the tactical view. 
that's the idea of the players, uh, talking about the individuals uh, and collective aspects. So they are really good in technically, like uh, we said, but uh, we are thinking that they are missing some points uh, talking about tactical. And the, the, other, the, other, the other important thing is the decision-making as well. Sorry, can you repeat that last part? I think it's important to say that soccer is a sport that is not a very, uh, how to say, repetitive sport. So it's not about, you know, there are some other sports that if you have to hit the ball only to hit the ball, you can repeat this movement a lot of times and then you will do it better. Football is not only a deal. Of course, if you shoot a lot of times, you will shoot better. But it's not not only about shooting or about passing. It's a collective, a very collective uh, game. And sometimes American kids that they come or they play sometimes other sports are not used to this uh, such a collective sport where you have to tactically combine and work as a as a team, not just as, a, as an individual. Actually, we are a bit. Sometimes it's a strange for us when we see a lot of in United States a lot of uh, interest on individual training, for example. It's something that in Spain is very weird. People they don't do individual training because at the end it's a collective game that sometimes you can work individually because you have to work on the tactic of the technical of the, of the techniques of the player, or sometimes you work in specific movements for a position, a specific position, and sometimes we even work in reduced groups. Only maybe working only with defenders or only left backs or only strikers because if you're gonna focus only on uh, shooting or uh, uh, tackles or, exactly. or covers or something like that. But uh, uh, football, as you know, or soccer, something in America, is it's all about the context. The same situation, uh, one situation is different in the next match or even inside the, the, the even in the same match. It's impossible to repeat the same situation. So we think that uh, we have to improve the decision making of the player to see what is happening in the game because the game is flowing all the time. So it depends on the rival, depends on our mate, depends on the 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 field, depends on the dimension of the field. So the, we are looking for, for we are trying to develop a, a, a smart player. To, to try to understand the game because this is a this is our view. It's, it's important this part of understanding the game and taking the right decisions. This is the key uh, thing because I think there are many other sports. If you think in basketball, you think in American football or baseball, they stop the game many times. So they have the time to talk to the coach, get some feedback, and then again repeat, do another thing. In this case. You cannot be stopping the game. So you need players that they, without a coach all the time saying what to do, they need to take the, the right decisions and to think and to be smart on the game and to read the game and to know what's happening and how I have this problem, how I have to solve this problem. I have to do this or maybe I have to do this. And uh, this is uh, something that we have to work, not only in the United States, we have to well, work every day. So it's always the most difficult thing to to, to train. So they, they have smart players, but they take the right decisions. The important thing is to try to, to work with them from the beginning, from the early stages, from six years old, from five years old, because it is the way to do it. It's the way to do it because the... the the player is in the stage, in a sensible phase, to to create something, to understand the game. To Biologically, at the end, at the, uh, a Spanish kid is the same like an American kid, or a, you can have small differences, but more or less, be. biologically, a six years old kid is a six years old kid. So then, the way you train them, the way you uh, make them understand the game, that would make the difference. So if you start in an early stage, in a, training a proper way, we shouldn't have a big, big difference between an American kid or a Spanish kid. Of course, yes. maybe the, the, the only difference we can see in American uh, American kid and Spanish kid is the inputs they have about soccer. But, especially in Seattle, they have a really good cover of soccer. So, in Seattle, for example, 
I can see difference from one kid from year six years old than one Spanish kid from six years old. What have been some of the biggest differences getting an education from people like Luis and people like Tony and, and the program like Valencia compared to your experience of getting traditional American soccer coaching education? Um, so it's a huge, it's a huge topic. Um, but if I could condense it down to a couple things that I know, you know, matter deeply to me, it's, um, maybe the broader, the broader difference is, um, the holistic development, uh, perspective, uh, that, that, for example, the Valencia Youth Academy has, and and that they transmit, and and that sounds like a platitude, but what I'm really getting at is, um, there's they take a long view around a consistent methodology, and sometimes that is at odds with an American impulse, which is something's not working. I've got to change something dramatically. There's a level of you know, kind of comfort, reassuring, you know, patience, stay the course, you know, this will work. And, and sure enough, it does. Um, I think on a more concrete practical level, one of the things I've had to, to really get into is changing my language and take it down to the, to the level of a coach. Uh, one of the things that Tony and Luis mentioned is the difference between an American player and a Spanish player with respect to individual behaviors and collective behaviors. And from my perspective on the ground at Eagle Claw, it's it's a huge thing. How do you change that mentality? Because it is deeply in, ingrained culturally. One of the ways, and I'll just pick an example, um, of working with players with language is, you know, for example, when a player has the ball, encouraging them to ask a question. What do I need from my teammates? Player without the ball. What does my teammate with the ball need from me? These little subtle language changes. It's interesting the first time you use them with, with players that aren't familiar with it. They, they're used to being completely self-directed and thinking about only themselves. And it reflects in their game. This is something that I've learned um, you know, from the association with Valencia. And there's, there's other examples of, of how you can infuse a lot of context and content to the training, what happens on the training ground through the use of language. And then that ties into that first point I mentioned about the long view, you know, the long view of development. Um, if you train someone, if you train a group of players consistently from the younger ages all the way up, and you can see that identity run through the spine of the club, then I think you've got something, you know, really special and and models what Valencia is doing themselves at their academy. What is the overall goal for Valencia with these programs that you are running around the world? Is it to increase your brand? Is it to lift the the level of football? Is it something more specific than that? What what, what is the overall goal behind this uh, these education programs? Of course, as you said, there is one one part that is a, let's say a marketing part that is trying to expand the Valencia brand around the world. We think we have a, a strength that is uh, different than some other clubs. We were doing an internal analysis and analysis, and we know that some clubs only with some faces or only with the brand they have enough. They have uh, okay, um, everybody knows about Manchester United, everybody knows about Real Madrid, or you have Messi, and it's something different because you have a brand itself to explode. In our case, I think in Europe we are well known because we are good in academy, we are good developing players. Actually, we were really uh, last month an article saying that we're on the top five in the world football in terms of developing players when they were counting the number of pro players we have from each academy in, right now playing around the world. And uh, we were in the, in the big five, developing players for big leagues. And uh, we saw that we, this is our strength, or one of our strengths is we are good developing players. So when we were trying to expand our brand around the world. I think that was a good plan to, to go with, to say we are 
what we are we are working working both we are working in developing phase we are working our academy so let's try to go to expand our brand through the academy so let's try to offer to other people in other countries the possibility to know about how we work in in academy how we train our methodology and try to improve them as a second objective the level of the football players and the level of the football coaches uh this is important as well i mean uh we believe that we are uh, good, not only developing players, we think we are good developing systems to develop players. In that, in that case, this is a, an important part. It's not about going with, uh, okay, we're going to do the same as we do in Spain, we're going to do it in any other part of the world. No, the story is not working. But I think we have a good team of people, a good group of people creating systems or creating methodologies to grow the players. So trying to, okay, we have our base from here, from Valencia. Let's take uh, let's try to understand the context and let's try then to create something tailor-made for each country to really help to develop players, to help to develop coaches. And then the last part is we, the football context, we all know that we have a handicap that is the FIFA regulations and the FIFA regulations, uh, they don't allow to bring players in any age from uh, any country to Spain or to any, so you cannot transfer under uh, 18 uh, players from one country to another country. So in that case, we are we are never uh, close to uh, find or finding the talent in any part of the world. But we know that sometimes if we find talent or we train players in the proper way, we may find some talent that are, is uh, able to come to Valencia and try to see if it's good for to play for for our club here in Valencia. So we think it's important if we cannot bring them here, let's try to help or. Other clubs, or let's try to have uh, partners in parts of the different parts of the world that they train in the same way or in a similar way or close way that we train here. So the players will be more uh, ready to come to, to Valencia if we really find a really, really talented one. And the one thing we are doing in your in your group, for example, about the world of war is we are, we are doing the. Uh, we are follow up. We are follow up the the, the teams uh, and the players. So all all the weeks, the coaches are sending out the training session. They are sending the the video training session. Uh, and we have we have a, a a password. We have a a password in huddle to to watch all the matches they are playing in, in Seattle. So we know the players. We know the coaches. We know what they are doing in Seattle with our methodology, so this is important to to the players. They have to know that Valencia is behind them. So Valencia is watching them. So it's, it's not a problem. So if they don't, if they can't to come to Valencia till 18 years old, because Valencia is behind them. Joe, this uh, this question's for you. It's actually more of a more of a statement, I guess. Um, yep. I guess it's more. It's kind of a question. It is I feel like there's probably something I'm missing. I'm not asking these guys that you know that maybe they're experts in, or maybe you know they they have uh, they have detailed knowledge of, and you know these guys much better than I do. So I'm wondering if there's something like a topic that we absolutely need to hit on before before we exit this conversation. What's you know I, you're familiar with my podcast, and I always ask at the very end of, of a podcast, what do people need to know? You would be in a better situation now to to ask these guys a question along those lines. Let me take a jump off of what um, Luis and Tony just commented about, which is how how sort of Valencia is working with us. Um, and I, I think I already know the answer to most of these questions, but maybe your audience doesn't and, and maybe you don't. The way that they work with us um, is very structured. It's It's not quite a Valencia Academy in, in the United States. It's not that, but it's very structured. And I think that we're working towards the same goal. Um, in fact, I know we are, which is, you know, can we create an environment here that can sort of cultivate players that have the ability to get to Spain at some point, you know, at the proper age. And to do that, 
you have to be monitored. One of the things we say in our in our program, which is the Valencia Discovery Program, is that you're scouted from day one. And, and that's really important because it starts with the tryouts. You know, at the tryout level, the coaches, Tony, we had a, you know, we have the scouts from the first team. They come to Seattle and conduct the tryouts and select the players. Um, that's different. Throughout the, the, the season, the VDP teams, as we call them, the VDP teams are scrutinized pretty heavily. Training sessions are videoed. Games are videoed. Um, everything goes to huddle as, as Tony and Luis mentioned, they have access to our online curriculum and methodology. They access that. Um, players are evaluated. Tony comes back and as the BDP manager, he comes back and forth, uh, from Spain to see the, see the players. We'll be coming back out here soon in, in February, I believe. Um, I think, I think what, your audience needs to know is that there is not one path to Europe. There is not only one pathway to Europe. And I think if I turned it around to Tony and Luis and said, is there only one pathway to Europe from the United States? I, I'm, and I'll, I'll let them answer that question, but I'll answer it for myself first. There isn't. Um, and there isn't one path to pro either, whether it's an MLS or a European club, there isn't one path. So as parents or players, you know, look to DA or look to ECNL or look to any other pathway, men's national team, whatever the case may be, there are many exciting new things that are happening. If you take the time to go look for them, that can really move the needle in terms of the soccer education youth players and positioning them potentially to be scouted in ways that's not available to the general public and to be prepared. You know, one of the things that happens with our teams is every April, they go back to Valencia to train at the Academy for two weeks and compete in a tournament. That's on top of everything that they do throughout the course of the year in the VDP program we are really cooking them in some Spanish soup. I mean, that's, this is what we want to do. Things like this are starting to happen in this country. So if I turned it around to Tony and Luis, I'd say, Tony and Luis, is there only one path to pro in Europe or Spain from the United States? No, the reality is that at the end for us, we, as, as I said, when, when the, you asked me about the, objectives of our international programs. Of course, brand building is one, uh, trying to expand our methodology is another one, but finding football talent is, is another one. We never know where we can find football talent. And through these kind of connections of the program we have with Eclode, the EP program at the end is the way to to, to find the talent. At the end, what we would like is in for example in Seattle area to concentrate the talent around the program, trying to attract the football talent to the program. And then the next step will be from the program trying to come here to Spain when we really know or we really we really see through our at the end Tony is going there often often and and we know that as, as Tony said we more we try to control the players and we try to control the the, the games and how they play so we try we through the connection trying to detect if we really have a talent a very talented player. Then he tried to come here, do a trial and prove himself if he has enough level to play for Valencia. Because the reality, and, and we don't want to say the opposite, is that the reality is that the football level here in Spain is so high. So then we need to find players that they have enough level to play in the same uh, in the same uh, in the same level, minimum in the same level. And the reality is that it has to be even better if it's possible. Yeah, I like that you said that because yeah, the the reality is that in order to take a spot on a Spanish roster, an American player has to be not not just equally good; they have to be far, far, far better than that than that other player that they're competing against. Yeah, at the end, be, being realistic, if an Spanish player, a Spanish team or an English team can uh, have a kid 
is living 30 meters away and living in his own house, and his father can or mother can drive him every day to the training, it's always easier to manage than bringing a kid from the other part of the world. But we cannot be close to find a player that really is worth it to make the effort and bring him from the other part of the world. One of the most interesting interesting things to me, uh, hearing you talk about this program and the way that it's set up all around the world, uh, but specifically here in the United States, is that you and 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 this program is actually you know watching American players much more closely and at a younger age, at an earlier age than any typical American scouting system. So already you know, an, an outside program is, is taking a deeper look at young American players and identifying them at a, at a much younger age than even the scouts in our own country, which is, uh, is, is another problem, I guess, for another day, another, another topic for another day that we can talk about on this podcast. But I find that very interesting. And I wish that more people would realize that more people meaning decision makers in, in American soccer, uh, I wish they would realize that, hey, you know, people from other places see value in American players. Why don't why don't American coaches see value in American players? I feel like that's one thing that's that's really missing. It's important to see, because regarding what you said right now, to see that this is the good. The important thing is that this is not just a scouting program. This is a developing a football developing program. So the first thing we have to do, or we have to think about, that's what we said. If we start with six years old, we'll be better than with ten. I mean, as, as soon as we start working with the kids and working with the coaches to develop the players in the proper way, then they will be ready to be scouted in the future. Then it's both. We have to develop the players in the proper way, and then when they are developed in the proper way, probably it will be easier to find talented players ready to come to Spain because it's not only about being a good player. Because we have many... We see many times players, very talented players that we see in other contexts, and we see that the players are talented. But then when they come here, it's not easy to fall because the players here are so good, the rhythm of the of the, the, of of play, the play so high, and then they say, okay, I, I, I'm good. I'm good technically, I get careful, but this football is going fast. They play very fast, so or they play in a different way, or they are not used to play like this. So if we start training in the same way or in a similar way that we are training in Valencia with the American kids there in Seattle, they will be more ready to, to be able to play in, in Spain in the in the future. But we need people like like Joe in this case with a long-term view because this is not something that we can start. If we are talking about an scouting project, uh, a program, they will be thinking in a certain, okay, let's try to see 16, 17, 18 years old players to try to see if someone is good to come straight to Valencia. But we are not doing this. We are trying to work in a longer view to try to develop players in the proper way, thinking that in the future probably they will, will find players ready to come to Spain. Joe, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And it's part of, it's part of, uh, it's, it's, it's a humbling answer to me because it once again forces me to shift back to the view of Valencia, which is the holistic long-term view. Scouting has its place and it's, you know, it's in the later years. And the benefit for Eagle Claw from this partnership, this association that we have with Valencia is that we start that education at the youngest ages before the players are, you know, age eligible for to try out for the Valencia Discovery Program. So the education starts earlier. And by the time they're trying out, you know, and it's at different ages, we have teams at different ages in the BDP program. Um, there's what I would call monitoring. So there's education throughout then once you've graduated or been selected for this program, now you're being monitored. You know, you were evaluated and scouted for VDP, but the long-term scouting process really picks up with the senior teams. And then it really depends on, you know, age, quality, all those things. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the premise of your question is, you know, the, the scouting, the level of scouting in the United States is extremely poor. It's geographically 
concentrated in certain areas. Huge chunks of the country are not um, are being overlooked. And one of the solutions that we can bring, for example, at Eagle Claw and the VDP program, is even though we're in a kind of DA or ECNL rich area, we bring another aspect of player development, monitoring, scouting um, to the table. And I think it's it's important. I think more of this is needed. Before we hang up, I I would like to ask if there's anything that that you guys wanted to say to the people that are listening that we haven't covered already is there one message that you would that you would like to get out to these american listeners well i think it's uh important that step by step we see that uh they have to see the value on this kind of uh, of uh, programs this kind of uh, programs where we want to work with the, the kids with the local kids to develop themselves on this is more or less what we have been uh, saying before. So, no, I don't. I don't think. No, no, Joe, do you want to add something? No, I think. I think um, what we're doing together is is bringing an authentic style, and not you know style of of development and, and scouting and monitoring, and not really um, you know a flashy marketing you know, branding kind of piece. I mean, this gets right down to the hard work. And I think that's, for me, that's what's important for people to understand is that there are, there are pro clubs out there, Valencia, one of them, um, that are, you know, doing this work seriously. And it's not, it's not about flashy branding and selling t-shirts. It's about actually getting, rolling the sleeves up and working with the American youth player and making a difference. And I think that's, I think that's what people need to know. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think it's important to be, uh, to remark this, to remark about the, the, also the, the real connection we are having as, uh, right now, uh, as Joe said before, this is not something that is about, uh, some kind of a franchise made, through a second another company who is the franchise in United States now. I mean, this is a connection through two clubs, Valencia and Eagle Club. Uh, we are here, we are staff of Valencia. We are not someone who are working just to develop franchises. And like, the director of the academy and here in Valencia, in the, our sports city, Tony is, uh, is being with us in much more than me. He has been with us 15 years. And, uh, and I think this is, this is important to, so people that this, and I don't want to say any names or things like this, but I know that there are many clubs and some people in the United States, as in other countries, they are a bit, uh, they are a bit tired of this kind of program. Okay, but any, any team, the European team is coming here to do something, but at the end it's not real. I mean, this is a commercial program that they just want to get the money from the kids to pay, they give them a track suit, a hat, with the logo and that's all. No, this is a real connection program. This is a, a, a program who has the real link through uh, with Valencia here in, in Spain. And so if uh, the kids are coming, they can they can feel the, the relation because if they are coming in April every every year to play the, our tournament to, to do a train space for 15 days with our coaches in our facilities. So the players and parents as well, they, they can feel that the connection is real. It's not actually say it's a franchise that you give a logo and, and just like, no, they, they're real. They, they feel the, the Valencia way. They, they, they are inside of our family. They feel our possibility. They feel uh, Messiah is our story because every time they are coming to, to Valencia, they, they attend a, a, a Valencia game in Australia. So they are they are a part of our family as well. All right. Well, I appreciate the time that you guys have given me for this interview, um, Joe. Thank you for for arranging this and and providing this opportunity to to learn a little bit more about the program from Tony and, sure. and from Luis. Uh, thank you for guys sure. so much, and and I wish you guys all the best of luck with the with your programs, and of course with the with the season in, in, in Spain. So best, best of luck to everybody. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure for us to be in the, in the program. And it's always nice to talk about 
Thanks, John. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. If you are interested in accelerating your development as a coach and learning more about possession-based soccer, you can visit 343coaching.com and sign up for our premium coaching membership program. That is where you will get access to video, audio, and ebook lessons that will help you reduce your trial and error time by showing you the methods that have been proven to work in the American soccer environment. So once again, if you are an ambitious coach and you want to start learning the tried and true methods that have already been proven to work in the American soccer environment, you can visit 343coaching.com to learn more about our coaching programs. Once again, that is 343coaching.com. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, and we will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.